What's up, Overcomers? I'm so excited you're here. It's an amazing day to be alive. I'm so happy you tuned in to, for this episode. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Pure Spectrum CBD. Pure Spectrum CBD, in my opinion, is by far the gold standard in which CBD companies should be measured. They are amazing through and through from the personnel, from the CEO, all the way down. CBD, if you don't know what it is, it's one of the fastest growing health supplements in the world. It helps with depression, anxiety, mental health. They have topicals. If you are working out and you're starting to get sore, rub some of this on there. It helps immensely. It should be a staple in your health and wellness supplement cabinet. Visit PureSpectrumCBD.com and use OCY at checkout and save 10% on your whole order. That's Code OCY at checkout, save 10% on your order, PeerSpectrumCBD.com. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Onnit. I love the fact that I have Peer Spectrum CBD and Onnit as sponsors because together it allows us to be the very best us that we can be. And that is all that you can do and that's all that anybody can ask of you. Visit onnit.com slash OCY, save up to 10% on vitamins, supplements, vitamin D, vitamin C, battle ropes, maces, kettlebells, at-home workouts, total human optimization between Onnit and Pure Spectrum CBD. Visit onnit.com slash OCY and save up to 10% on your order. My guest today is Heather Parody. She is the host of the podcast Unconventional Leaders. And she was a absolute joy to talk to. One of the reasons why I reached out to her, besides the fact that she has an amazing podcast, is that I've learned a lot from her, is that she made a switch in her life where she said, you know what, enough's enough. I'm just going to be 100% authentically me, which I know to some of you out there may seem like, yeah, duh, that's all anybody ever wants from you. But so many of us try to hide and and be more of something or less of something of them what we truly are but she does it day in and day out she has these amazing little short fidget friday episodes that she puts out where she's just quirky and fun and it just brightens your day and she brightened my day when i was able to have her on the podcast and i know she's going to brighten yours so please welcome my guest my friend heather parody Heather, welcome to the Overcoming You podcast. Thank you for cruising on. I know you're a busy lady. Thanks for doing it. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So I always love having other podcasters on because you feel my pain and you know, know where I'm coming from and you've been through so much on your journey of podcasting, but also learned so much from the individuals that you've had on your podcast. On this podcast, I want to kind of really talk to you and talk through a few of the things that you've overcome and kind of pushed through because I think right now, with everything that's going on, I think anytime we can hear somebody's story on how they overcome anything, you can kind of use that shopping cart approach method and go, hey, I don't really like everything that Josh talked about, but that one thing I'm going to try. Hey, Heather's story may not relate to me totally, but hey, one thing that she did when she went through the Ironman or starting her podcast or going through all these things that you've been able to go through and overcome, I can take one of those little tactical things and maybe apply it to my life and maybe make my next hour or day or next week or month, just a little bit better than where it was. Cause I think we have a lot of angst and a lot of stuff going on because it's the most uncertain time that I've ever been a part of in my 38 years. And that's why I'm excited to kind of have you on and kind of talk through some of those. So once again, thanks for uh, cruising on. 
one of the things that you said you went through is you actually did a Ironman. And so before I ask you about that, I would like to let you know that you are 100% crazy because that is insane. I did a marathon, which is a fraction of what you did. So first of all, if you haven't been to a, to the health specialist, I think you need to go get your head checked because I'm not sure why you would ever do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, in full transparency, it was a half Ironman. So that was 70 miles, not the full uh, 140, whatever it is. And doing a full marathon is a big deal. That was my goal for 2020. I was like, I want to do a full marathon and I had it in the calendar and hello COVID. Thanks a lot. Appreciate yeah. you for messing my life up this year. I'm just but the reason I decided to do it was because while I was running with a friend, uh, we were out jogging and she said in passing, oh, I'm going to do the Ironman this year. And I immediately said to her, well, I can never do that because I'm afraid of water. Mm-hmm. And immediately caught myself. I was like, I just said I could never do that, which was pretty much daring myself. And, you know, I talk all the time online about you know, overcoming your fears and going after things. I'm like, what a hypocrite am I to have like this limiting belief that's so ridiculous. So it really became something just to prove to myself. And I think there's so many things in life that it's just great to do just to prove something to you. Because when you can kind of build that muscle, like when you talk about like being able to overcome something and prove to yourself that you have more in you than what you think, it translates into so many other aspects of your life. So it wasn't just about doing the Ironman. It wasn't like, the most fun thing in the world that I've ever done. And it's not something that I want to keep doing by any means. But yeah. for me, it was like this mental barrier that I needed to overcome that uh, I believed would help me in my business and the show and everything that I was doing. So uh, I believe that was in May and the Ironman's in September. So I had to go from literally not knowing how to swim to training for over a mile um, swim plus the I believe it was like 54 mile bike ride and then the half marathon at the end. So um, it was, it was, in, it was really hard, uh, especially running a business, having a family. And uh, there was one point I was up to 20 hours a week in training, which I found out I had overtrained. Um, but adding that piece in, it just, it, it was really, it was uh, one of the hardest things I've ever done outside of natural childbirth. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, I bet. So one of those things, with that is because a lot of people have done a half half marathon. A lot of people have done a or a half Ironman. A lot of people have done a marathon. A lot of people have done full marathons. But here's the thing that nobody talks about is a lot of people quit. And yeah. so I want to know, I want to go in and I want to talk to you about those times during your training, those days when you didn't want to go out there, because you said something there that I agree full heartedly. I think one of the best feelings on the face of the planet is being proud of yourself void of ego, void of narcissism. I think it's literally, to me, it might be the best feeling on the face of the planet. But in order to do that, you have to go through the suck. You have to go through things that you don't want to do. And every one of us that have done it has a different process on going through that. So you had some days during your training where you didn't want to go out there and train. And then you had times in that half half Ironman, you're already there, but there was times where in your mind, I'm sure you said, this is, this is BS. I'm tired. I want to quit or, or I want to stop. Mm-hmm. And I want to go through those types of mental overcoming. So during the training, you know, you have a business, you have a podcast, you have, you have children. It'd be so easy for you to quit. So what did you tactical ways on how you overcame and why did you continue to go through? Yeah, I think it's important to know what motivates you specifically. So this is my experience. Not everyone's going to resonate with this, but I have a deep, deep hatred, fear of uh, 
saying I'm going to do something and not doing it and what other people like the kind of um, uh, social pressure. I don't, I think it's John Maxwell. I think who talks about, you know, when you make a decision, announce it. So you're held accountable. Now, some people they can announce it, be like, whatever, you know, I quit. And for me, if I announce it, it's over. Like I have to do it. Um, which there's probably a lot of issues there in counseling with around this. <laughs> it's honestly <laughs> the most healthy thing in the world, but it works for me. So if I announce on Facebook or something, by God, I'm doing the Iron Man. You better believe Heather's butt's going to be out there doing it because I told everybody that I was going to, and I'm not going to not do it. So for me, that social pressure was uh, really a, a trick for me. So I would actually post like uh, my shoes constantly. I would post the water. I would talk about the, f- I did a whole series on the podcast about uh, my Fidget Friday episodes of, of going through the water and what that symbolized for me. And so trying to use that not only for the social pressure, pressure, but also to the analogy of what all of that means. It was really important for me to be transparent with that. Um, one, because of, like I said, the pressure, but two, there were a lot of people reaching out who listened to the show who was like, Hey, this is actually really helping me with this area of my life or whatever. So it, it became a little bit more than just this. And I think that's another important piece is like, what personal, um, uh, reason are you doing what you're doing and really digging in deep to that as far as on race day yeah man it was way harder than I thought it was going to be plus we're in Augusta Georgia note the accent and um it was hot as hell dude it was uh one of the hottest days there were people getting wheeled out constantly yeah. on stretchers because of heat exhaustion um but I just kept having this vision of the end. <laughs> um, I'm a big proponent of visualization. And so during training and during the actual race, I was doing a lot of visualizing. Maybe some people would call it hallucinations. I call it <laughs> visualizations. But that crap works, man. When you yeah. can really see something in your mind's eye and you hold on to it and you feel it, do you enter into another place? I think that's what's interesting about human potentials. And we can kind of psych ourselves and get to that place yeah. uh, where our body will take us. Yeah, I think you said kind of three things there that have worked for me and worked for other people that I've had on the podcast is that one, it's got to be something for you. You have to want to prove it to yourself first. Like that has to be the first thing. But then once you put it out there, it's unfortunate, but it seems to me that it's a lot easier to let yourself down than to let other people down. And when you put it, that social pressure, I think it's so huge. And I think that's another Notch. So if you have it, something that's just for yourself, then you put it out into the world, into the universe, and then you constantly think about it and visualize it. I think those three things are really solid foundation, which, so what part of the race was the worst part for you where you were like close, closest to quitting? Is it in the water when it, or is it during the bike or during the run? Do you remember like the worst part of it? You know, what's interesting, um, and I, I make everything into a lesson, like you could like burn the macaroni and cheese at dinner. And I'm like, well, this kind of reminds me of this life lesson. Uh, but what was interesting is the swim is what I was terrified of. And that was the easiest part. Really? The bike ride. I never thought anything about it. I wasn't a biker. I had never really biked either. But for some reason, since I wasn't afraid of it, I put zero training and attention on it. I mean, I went out and I rode my bike and stuff, but I really didn't understand what that was going to take out of me. When I got off my bike, I immediately fell over. Like my body just fell straight over. Um, And I was like, Oh, I am screwed (laughs) because I'm a runner. So you think about it. I had no, no intention at all on the bike ride. 
uh, terrified of the swim and the run. I was like, I'm a runner. I run every single day. So it's no big deal. The run ended up being the hardest part for me, even though it was the one I was least worried about. The bike ride was the most like difficult um, as far as it, it drained me and I didn't pay any attention to it. And what I was terrified of was a piece of cake. And so the mental side to that of like what I placed emphasis on versus what I didn't and the reality of that, I think was just really, really crazy. Um, I almost, I, I never almost gave up because I was like, I'm going to die. I will freaking crawl to this end. Like, cause I'm stubborn as hell. Um, but the, the weight of how much harder it was, was definitely at that run. I equate that situation to my marathon and people on this podcast have heard it before. They're like, shut up about your stupid marathon story. But just to give you hey, a dude, talk about it, like that's a big deal. <laughs> so just to give you a quick synopsis, because I told on this podcast a bunch, um, did the training was there and they say, just like you trained, run your race, just like you trained your race. So got there and started mile one, mile two, exactly on pace, three, four, and then mile nine hit in what I would figure out after the race is that I actually tore my meniscus at mile nine. So I had 17.2 miles to run on one leg. And I was on another podcast and similar to you, I was asked, why would you go through that? Like every single person on the face of the planet would be like, would not care that social proof. Everybody would have been like, it's fine. You, you tore your meniscus. Like we didn't expect you to run 17 miles. And it was, I, I can't articulate it properly, or maybe I don't have a good enough vocabulary or whatever. I just couldn't, couldn't give up. And I will say the only thought that I had is that I figured if I'm going to quit this, I'm going to quit everything for the rest of my life. And so yeah. I was like, I better go ahead and go through it. But that was the only real kind of lesson thought. And I couldn't really tell anybody else. Like, I don't know. I just couldn't, couldn't quit. I just had to keep going. Why? And it sounds like you had the similar thought process. Do you know how that got into our minds? Or do you know where that comes from? Or what do you, I think why it's do a think personality you have thing. I don't know. I think, I think what you said earlier at the beginning in passing, like you go to the doctor for this, I think it's something that's like mentally wrong with us. <laughs> I don't want to say necessarily wrong. There's just this weird, uh, you know, humans are just so, I'm, I'm fascinated with it. I, and I studied psychology in school and it was so fun because you spend all these hours and hours and all these scientists and research done. And the conclusion is always like, well, we don't really know <laughs> because, you know, we just, you just can't really figure it out. But the way we're bent, you know, whether it's through nature, nurture, combination of the, 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 the both of them, the way we're just naturally bent towards things, I just think it's something we really need to pay attention to because it's something I think was imparted inside of you. So, you know, some of us, you know, I, I feel you will not give up and we like challenges and we want to get ourselves to these really crazy points physically because it means a lot to us uh, psychologically. And other people are like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, give me a margarita. And like, I would never do that. You know, yeah. and there's no right or wrong with that. I think we really need to lean into whatever that thing is that just knocks you over the edge and really challenges you and not really worry about why and uh, just honor that it's there because I think it's there for a reason. Like I'm with you. I think it symbolizes a lot where other people would be like, Oh, this is like <laughs> the worst thing I've ever been through. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then when you cross that finish line, what was that feeling like? I barely remember it. I was really, it was really hard day. Um, I had knocked my snack pack thing, which they put on your bike with all your food in it. I had knocked it off the oh, no. couple miles in. 
So I hadn't eaten. The only thing I had eaten that morning, I had two eggs and a piece of Ezekiel toast. And yeah. so I hadn't eaten anything the entire race, which again, to an unexperienced racer is, you know, oh, that sucks. But to a trained person, like they know that that's detrimental. So I was literally on like done. Um, I don't really remember much of it. I know at the end, you know, it's interesting. My husband and I were talking about this the other day. We were kind of, we've been married for almost 10 years. So, you know, you run out of things to talk about. So you're trying uh-huh. to find things to talk about. So we were asking each other, like, what's some of your favorite memories of your life or in our marriage? And it was always those memories that were just so terrible in the moment. And then we look back more, they were some of the best time of our lives. So some of the times when we were completely broke, when we were married and we had to figure things out and we had dates like with, you know, M&Ms sitting outside watching, you know, cars drive by or when he, he joined the military at 30 years old and we had to move to Florida and I was in graduate school and, you know, so much stress and so much, you know, whatever childbirth, holy crap, so much symbolism in that, the Iron Man, you know, so many of these things that at the time were really uh, hard and difficult and we had to quote overcome them. Yeah. But now looking back, those are some of our most valued treasures because not only were we proud of ourselves for going through and following through and reaching that finish line, but also to what it pulled out of us. It was like meeting another side of us that we were really proud of. Um, that's why I love the premise of your show because you're really just stirring that other side to people that they didn't know they had in them. Yeah. It's so interesting. And it's something that I by no means have perfected, but I'm starting to understand it. It's so interesting that everybody wants to win the lottery and have the money and then just have it be easy. But the best things in the history of ever and the best things in your life came right after the most difficult things. And I think, and, and you can probably attest to this with the people that have been on your show, the people that become great understand that when it's difficult, it's just part of the issue. It's just part of the process. It's just, they go, okay, this, this sucks really, really bad, but we'll get through it. And they have that level, even keel emotional to them where they don't get too up. They don't get too down. They just recognize that, yep, this part sucks. I get it. Yep. Hey, this part, I'm on this run. This sucks, but Hey, I'm going to be at the finish line soon. Hey, yep. You tore your meniscus. This sucks. Just keep going. And I think the more that we can understand, no matter what we're going through, whether it's in business relationship or whatever, that when it's difficult or when it's tough, understand it and recognize it. And then just realize that this too shall pass because nothing's ever stayed horrible forever. It's always gotten better. And there's a, Another friend of mine who always says that you have overcome and you've gone through the worst day you have ever had, and you can do it again. You're here right now, and it's just one of those little things that sounds so cliche to say on a podcast, but once, I'm, sometimes I'll catch myself in the past couple of years, especially, where I go, well, this sucks. Okay, well, let's just work through it, and it makes me feel better about myself, knowing that I recognize that, hey, it's a, it's a crappy time in this in this situation, but it will pass. This too shall pass. And I think that's really the difference between some people that are able to overcome versus some people where they get overcome by the situation. They let it just overwhelm them and they aren't able to push through or they just quit and just move a different direction. But I think they end up doing that over and over and over. Well, not only is, you know, it's, is it going to pass, but it's also uh, leading in growth and ushering in, growth in your business, your personal life or whatever, like that pain is actually, you know, a forerunner 
of something great. And, and you may not be, it might not be apparent at first, like even with, you know, or if you're listening to this in 2020, this COVID pandemic, and you and I were talking before about, you know, just the dire situations that has put so many people in, it's just been so heartbreaking. But what is this also to ushering forth, like these birthing pains? What is it bringing forth within our culture and our communities, uh, within our families and our uh, businesses and so forth? And it's so painful right now. But, you know, high level thinkers are looking for the opportunity, like you said in this. And Napoleon Hill talks about that with every disadvantage, it's an equal advantage or something like that. Um, and it's not, you know, you wouldn't want to say that to someone who's going through it right now because it's totally insensitive. But, you know, on, on the outside looking in, we understand yeah. that overcoming something actually ushers growth, the next level. During this situation, there's a big, everybody, the big word of 2020 is pivot. Everyone has to pivot and pivot and pivot. But with that, I think everyone realizes that businesses are more and more on, online, on podcasts, on social media. It's almost, you have to because you're quarantining your house. With that, you are able to have a quote unquote spotlight or ring light on your, uh, on yourself all the time. And in your, one of the things that I loved about you after learning about you is that in your own words, you go, I'm really quirky and I'm kind of, kind of out there, but how did you overcome and become yourself and not care so much what other people think? Because that is one of the things that is so, I think weighs people down so much what other people think. And I think you've done a good job at being yourself. And so how did you, how have you overcome that? How have you kind of said, you know what, I'm just going to be me. I don't care what other people think, or do you care what other people think? Or how did you, have you navigated that? I get asked that constantly, constantly. People are saying, how are you confident to be yourself and not care, blah, blah, blah. And I do deeply, deeply, deeply care. And I second guess myself constantly. I think the only difference is I've trained myself behaviorally to act in the midst of that insecurity and fear, despite its presence. So the presence hasn't lessened. It's just, I've figured out what to do with that. And so observing your insecurity and your fear as a separate entity outside of yourself and not internalizing it. That's at least how I've been able to process through it, which is a quirky way of saying of, you know, just do it afraid anyway. Um, It has gotten easier. I would say in the sense of, um, like I said, it it kind of that, that running muscle, you know, you train your, your body to endure certain things. Like I feel like I've kind of trained myself to use my voice and show up and lean into the quirky aspects that I was trying to stuff down for so long. What's helpful too, is when you, can do it for long enough, which I think is where people fall. (laughs) When you can do it for long enough, you start to see the rewards of it, which is so helpful. You know, people reaching out and, you know, saying things about what you've put out into the world or really being able to relate to you, or even just honestly seeing your numbers grow, the more authentic that you become. I mean, the more that I leaned into myself, I my download numbers started going crazy and I started getting more inquiries and I don't do a ton of marketing for what I do business wise, but I get leads all the time. People just say, I just want to work with you. you, I I had somebody hire me last year. They said, I don't know what you do, but I want to hire you. And I'm like, what? (laughs) So like um, leaning into who you are is just not such a, you know, cute little thing you can put on Instagram. Be authentic. You know what I mean? But it actually, I feel like it's the secret sauce for all the online in the online space because we're so sick of everything being so well put together and um, it's not human. 
you know, and I think as we're trying to figure out what it means to be a human online, um, and really, you know, you and I, and we're in our thirties, we're trying to figure it out because our parents didn't go through this. We're the ones having to figure out what it looks like. Um, people are just naturally drawn to any piece of humanity. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, it's, it's hard, it's scary, but it does get a little bit easier, even though I don't think the fear or the worry about people think goes away. This is just my opinion, but I think one of the reasons why a podcast like, like yours, Unconventional Leaders, or a podcast like this has grown, or at least I've seen it grow, is because, at least I'll speak for myself, is because I'm not professional. I'm just a regular dude. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just trying to figure this out. I'm not worth $400 million like this person, or I'm not... Having spent seven years in a monk monastery, you know, not that those people, those all those people are great, but for me, there was always this little level, of just this minor little disconnect, because yeah. I value every any person on the face of the planet is trying to do some good for another person or for another person. I value, but there is a little disconnect between me and the guy worth five hundred million dollars because no matter what they say, it's it's always like, yeah, you gotta you gotta eat right. Well, dude, it's a lot easier to eat, right? When you have a freaking professional chef, you know, or yeah, it's a lot easier to, to be calm, cool, and collective when you've been a monk for seven years. Like you don't understand what I'm going through, you know? And so there's this little disconnect. And so I think you're right when it's, someone can see just a real person and just regardless of where they're at and just being, being able to stare naked, naked at their inadequacies and show them to the world. I think people gravitate towards that and go, Oh yeah, I'm just like you dude, or I'm just like you girl. And, um, but therein lies the, for me, and lies the issue with, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've recorded a video and was going to put it out on Instagram or TikTok. And I was, saw it. And I'm like, I can't do that. I can't put yeah. that out, you know? So when you do that, when you have a video that you're going to put out on TikTok or Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, and you go, I can't do that. How do you overcome that and just put it out anyway? Because I can't tell you how many times I deleted it. So, I mean, full transparency, I have deleted videos. There's been times I've posted things. I mean, even recently I've posted stuff and then I'll beat myself up over it and I'll delete it later. I mean, I do that all the time. Um, but again, I'm, I'm wrecking, I'm trying to recognize that behavior. And I think um, I, I love Gary B and I know a lot of people don't like him, but he's been really transformative for me in the sense that, you know, whatever you may think about content or hustle or whatever, that doesn't matter. What he's really brought home is up your opinion of yourself Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I've been really asking myself a lot lately is like, do I like me? Do I like my show? Do I like the guests that I have or the TikToks that I put out or the horrible jokes that I make on Twitter? Or the Do I like it? Do I feel good about it? And like letting that be enough, you know, like, again, I think we're so judgmental against ourselves and we haven't given other people an opportunity to make a decision about what we do because we haven't given them a chance to get to know us. Yeah. You know, and I also too think about my own behavior and how I interpret other people. Um, for me, and again, everyone's different. When you tell me, if you told me right now, like your biggest screw up in life, what's going to happen is I'm going to end up respecting you more because I think, man, that took so much for Josh to tell me that mm-hmm. and for him to live through that and to overcome that. My respect for you is actually going to go up. And what we're so afraid of is when we show these vulnerable pieces to our, of ourselves, people are going to think less of us when in all honesty, 
they are drawn so much more in because they're like, oh, it's okay because he's been through that and she's been through that. How brave, how brave is it of them to get that vulnerable and real? I had a guy on my show once, um, he was shaking. I mean, he very successful multimillionaire and he disclosed, you know, he had had an affair with his wife and he was like tears in his eyes. And he was like, it was the worst mistake I've ever made, blah, blah, blah. And dude, all the stuff he told me about business before, cool. But that, what he was able to share with the audience, that's life-changing stuff. Yeah. And that's what we're desperate for as a society. It's just that real, not the tactics, not all the bull crap, not all the painted stuff, but the real life struggle and pain. And um, and that's why I wanted, you know, leadership people. It's funny. People always say, oh, you're about leadership. When really I feel a lot more closer to that word unconventional. That's really more what I relate to. But I think even within leaders or people who are trying to build something, you know, you and I were talking about imposter syndrome. Who am I to do this? Well, I believe your disadvantages really are what qualifies you because it's what connects you with people. I can't learn from a perfect person. Yeah, I can't because that wasn't my life, my friend. You know what I mean? And there's dissonance there. Yeah. So, yeah. How have you worked through that, that imposter syndrome? Because like we were talking about before we um, started recording is that, you know, now that I'm starting to get a lot more DMs, I'm starting to get a lot more emails, a lot more text messages, people like, Hey, how do I overcome um, bulimia? How do I overcome these things? And I'm just not qualified to, to do that. And, you know, I try to refer them to a guest that I had that maybe talked about that, but I start to, I'm starting now to kind of feel that, imposter syndrome like hey who am i i'm just this broken person just trying to help people on by having people like yourself tell their story and so how do you work through that imposter syndrome or or not not good enough or who who are you to to be a leader or whatnot have you overcome that kind of thought process mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh one time I went to, I had a nonprofit that I led for a while um, and it was small. We had like a team of 20 people and I felt I was in my early twenties and um, I went to go see this woman speak and her nonprofit was in the same space as mine, except she had like 500 volunteers. I had 20 and she was way older than me, very successful. This whole event was centered around her nonprofit. And when she got up, she spoke with all this authority and like, this is the path to blah, blah, blah. and I'm like, Oh my God, she's such a badass. And when it was over, the person I was with said, Hey, do you want to go meet her? And I was like, hell yeah, I do. So when we're in line to go meet this complete amazing woman with no flaws, um, we were next and she had the, the speaker, the woman, she kind of leaned over to a friend of hers and I heard her say, Oh my God. I think I totally blew that speech. Do you think that was good? Oh my God, I was so scared. And she was just vomiting all of this insecurity on her friend here. And I, I was just, it was one of the best things that's ever happened to me that I hate saying that for her sake, but it showed me, I'm like, Oh, this, this person who I think has so much more to offer than I do is just as terrified as I am. The only difference going back to, she's learned to act in the midst of that, mm-hmm. you know, where I allowed it to paralyze me. You know, she just noticed it and acted anyway. And again, I don't think you can overcome any of that. And I've heard people say before, it's almost a good thing to have a little bit of posture syndrome because it keeps that humility in. You yeah. said a key word that I think was super amazing was help. You know, I'm just trying to help people. When we can put that hat on that we're not a savior, that we're a helper, 
-hmm. So you don't have to have all the answers because we can't. Um, and being a, a resource, I think sometimes we can give people, you know, our, from our experience, some answers and some direction, or we can be a, you know, a, a board that actually propels them towards something else. So, you know, someone reaching out to you that needs a therapist, you know, you are helping them by referring them, you know, yeah. uh, again, I think people are even getting sick of people pretending like they're experts and they know everything. Yeah. You know, saying, I don't know, is one of the most valuable things you can say to someone. Well, Heather, I know we're kind of cruising up on time and I just have two questions left for you, but before we do that, can you let everybody know where they can find you, what you got going on, podcast, email, social media, YouTube, what do you got? Sure. So I'm at Heather Parody literally everywhere um, except Snapchat because I don't understand it. I'm old. Uh, <laughs> Unconventional Leaders, though, is the name of the podcast. Would love for you guys to check it out. Um, we just interview some really strange leaders out there, especially Josh, because he's coming on a couple of days. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I love it. So I have just two questions for you. And so from your opinion, so somebody's sitting sitting there, and we kind of touched on it a little bit, but there's somebody out there that just started their TikTok, that just started their Instagram, and has something that they want to say, but they're terrified of how they look or how they will be perceived. What advice would you give that guy or girl if you're sitting with them you know, on the couch getting ready to post it? Uh, find the one person that you think is just so amazing that you look up to who's doing exactly what you want to do and scroll back even it takes you an hour to their very first podcast, their very first Instagram post, the very first things that they put out and see how elementary and raw and terrible it was. That was one of the best things when I started podcasting. I went back and listened to Lewis Howes. I don't know if you know him, yep. his very first few episodes. And he was like, Hey, I'm Lewis Howes. You know what I mean? It was like, just, it sounded like my podcast. And so uh, I think seeing these people that you think are so much different than you, seeing them in their early stages, if they were courageous and didn't, you know, delete everything. Right. Um, that's super, super helpful. We all start somewhere. And at the end of your life, are you just really going to regret that you just didn't try? I think that's my biggest thing. Like, I don't want to be this little old lady that's like, God, I left some cards on the table. Why didn't I just go all in? Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. And then for just a personal question for you. How do you personally build your self-worth? For me, it's, it's attaching it to something greater than me. Um, God, source, universe, whatever. Um, I'm a pretty spiritual gal, so I think I have to be really grounded in something bigger than me. Otherwise, it's really easy to get overwhelmed. I have a lot of anxiety. Um, I'm very driven, hyper, type A. So with that comes, you know, some anxiety and a lot of pressure that I put on myself. And I can really feel it if I don't allow space for something bigger. So um, I know it sounds so elementary, and I used to full disclosure, when I started reading personal development books, I'd always skip the first few chapters because they always talked about mindset. And I was like, that's so fluffy. Mm -hmm. like, I don't need that. I need some concrete steps. Yep. <laughs> now that I'm like, you know, a few years into it, I'm like sitting in the first couple of chapters. I'm like, oh my God, this is the real work. Uh, but sitting outside and connecting with God, I think is, is so um, vital and key for me at least. Cause I couldn't do it by myself. I couldn't, the stuff we do is really hard. It's rewarding, but it's also, there's a lot of internal work. It's, it's not tactics. And you know that, and everybody listening knows it's not that it's some inner deep, deep, deep shit that we got to work through and overcome, um, address things from our past self-worth issues. Like you said, 
Um, and for me personally, I, I couldn't do that on my own. I have to attach to something else. I love it. Well, my friend, I appreciate you taking the time to come on. I love so many things that you said there. One of the key takeaways that I'm going to take away, especially it's going to help me and my social media is do I like putting things through that filter? Do I like this? Is this something that I'm happy about? And then one thing that I've been wrestling with that is a sign from the universe or God, whatever you look, look forward to is that social pressure and putting it out into the universe. Cause there's some things that I thought about putting out that I haven't. So you've uh, nudged me to, to kind of do that. So I appreciate it. And I appreciate your time and thanks for coming on the overcoming you podcast. Super cool. Thanks for having me. You're awesome. All right, everybody. Remember, be kind to yourself. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Thank you so much to our sponsors. Visit PureSpectrumCBD.com. Use OCY. Save to 10% on your whole order. Visit Virtual.PodcastMovement.com. Use code OCY. Save 50 bucks off your registration. Learn all about podcasts. Visit Onnit.com slash OCY. Save up to 10% on your order. And until next time, remember, be kind to yourself. <laughs>